uh, Jordan, if you have really bad nightmares nowadays, what do you do? Like, does Amy comfort you? Does she I, make you pee to sure? Well, I haven't had a nightmare for a long time, but, I mean, if I were to have one, yes, I would just, like, grab onto Amy. Grab Amy? How, yes, how, and hold her. How have you not had any nightmares? I feel like I have them on a nightly basis. Dude, yeah, I, I don't remember my dreams mm. at well, all. that's kind of a blessing. I mean... Like, yeah, I don't even... I don't even know the last dream I remember. There's too much shit to worry about in the real life to worry about being a dream warrior. But Actually, no, you, well, I mean, you, the last one I do remember is when I tried that Chantix bullshit. Mm, oh. Yeah, that'll get you. Yeah. And I, I slept a total of like four hours in the one week I took it because Did, I was too scared to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but it could have saved you from saying, my name is Jordan. I used to be a smoker. Yeah, well... You know what? Hey, I'd he, rather uh, sleep. If he gets one of those, he's still going to be podcasting. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to think we have like a voice thing. No, it's just going to be Jordan. Dude, I had the best idea ever, and I'll <laughs> run it by you off the show. But okay. It, it has you can't to do have with, that getting stolen. It has to do with breaking into a market that's untapped by oh. podcast thus far. Okay. Oh. All right. Seem, that must be pretty big right. because I, there's... Uh, just about everything you could desire out there. I've, I've searched for some weird stuff before. I think, I think I've got something that's going to break the fucking ground. Get I, me into the Smithsonian. I wanted to ask you, you just brought it up. Are you, are you okay, obviously, let's say the original Nightmare on Elm Street's yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. Now, people have an argument if two, three, or four is the best. No, a lot they of shouldn't. Dream, there's a lot of Dream Warrior people, though. Oh, no, there's not, really? Dream Warrior, oh yeah, it's a popular one. Which one's that, three? Yeah, where they're in the insane yeah. asylum. Yes. And it has, like, the best Freddy catchphrase of all the movies. What's where he's movie? like, welcome to primetime, bitch. Oh. And he slams her into the TV. <laughs> That's great. I love that one. I'm sorry, but Freddy 1 is still the best. No, no, I'm saying besides that oh, one. Oh, okay. Everyone knows the original's, like, yeah. untouchable. But the, then there's an argument between number two, number three, or the fourth one, so... Anything I, but Freddy 2010. Oh, God. That that's, was a nightmare. That's not good. I mean, that was a nightmare because I went to sleep six times watching it <laughs> in the movie theater. It was that good. Yeah, it was so good. It it brought me to Freddy's world. Oh, I've, I totally forgot. Like a month ago, I watched this film, and I wanted to tell you about it because uh, it was it's an uh, Argento movie called Trauma, right? And they, they have this one scene... And I'm like, hold on a minute. I recognize the background. What? And it is, okay, you know on Concord? Yes. There's that weird building with like the colored glass yeah. and then the shitty little storage facility. Mm-hmm. They were filming right there. No way. Wait, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. They were like, I don't remember what they were doing there. But yeah, they're filming it and you can see the the building with the uh, the colored windows yeah. in the background and, like and everything. The gas stations right yeah. there too. Oh yeah. Wait, wow. like down by the uh, the market co-op. Okay. Down Concord. Yeah. They like w- r- just uh, past Butler. Uh, wherever the building with the colored it's, panels it's, is. Well, depending on which way you're going, if you're. Oh heading... yeah, no, I know exactly. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah, it was, uh, and then I looked it up, and they filmed there and in Hopkins. Wow! And like some in Minneapolis, yeah. So wow! An Italian director. What year he, was this? Uh, I think it was mid nineties. Wow! Oh yeah. So, uh, what was? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I know what you're talking about. Is it the movie about the car salesman? 
No, 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 no. This is uh okay. It's an Argenta movie. <sighs> okay, it's about I a serial killer who is like collecting heads. Right. And uh it's basically a girl and this guy are trying to figure out who's killing all these people. Okay. It's sweet. He has like this little tool with basically like piano wire around it. He puts it around their head and then she just cuts your head off for him, or cuts their head off. All right, off that's him, pretty so. fucking. Yeah, that's... yeah, it, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. You know the creepiest part? Argento's daughter is the main star in the movie, and there is way too many nude scenes for a father to be filming <laughs> his daughter naked. Full nude? Yeah, well, not full nude, but Did breast. Teach us some titties. Yeah, but isn't that weird? Well, I mean, no, there was another movie that was filmed down there with Keanu Reeves. I can't remember the name of it, but He's no a car salesman. Yeah. It was about like used car salesman or something like that. Cause you know, right by the co-op and you know, yep. that building with the shitty panels, there's that little car dealership. Oh, now, yeah. now it's like century car company. Yep. Ah. And that's the dealership they used in the movie. Really? Yeah. Right, right by the little Mexican nightclub <laughs> thing. Oh, El Nuevo Seven Maras. That's the one. I, I saw. I think that's closed now. No, well, I well, doubt it. It might be because officially not, they have just like a, a piece of sheet board <gasps> that's written on there that says something bar. Oh, so I, they changed the name. I guess. Hey, I listen. Know. All I know is Fong took us there one day for lunch, and that shit was grubbing. It's that I bet. Good. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that I bet. I Dude, bet. It's always like the little shitty looking places that have the best food. Yeah. Hey, I've said that many times I'm, on here. Hey, I'm back on the Alibaba's bandwagon. Oh, it's so, so good. You're a problem. I'm there. I'm you're a there. problem. That place is dirt. You know, Listen, I'm just glad you're both on the Jersey Michaels bandwagon. That place is dirty, but you know, I love Jersey Michaels. That place is clean. That is very good. Cool. Well, I, that's a chain. I got I, mean, a, I got a coupon for a free Jersey Michaels sub <laughs> in my wallet. Wait, how big? Like, uh, like the regular. Center. Okay. I'll take All a regular right. for free. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, that'll fill you up. You might yes. need chips or something. And yes. my coworker who gave it to me said he has like five more he's going to give to me. Hmm. How about so that? So I'm going to redistribute <laughs> my wealth to you two when I get Whoa, those. Oh, how about that? Hell yes. All right. <laughs> we'll be waiting that. for them checks. The Jersey Michaels Pay It Forward <laughs> program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast. The only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. I'm a little stuffy still, mm. coming down from a little illness. Mm. It happens. It absolutely does. Sitting across from me, as always, is Code's dog, Cody. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. My week was, uh, I don't know, it was a week. It feels like every week's the same. Starts every out bad. week <laughs> I feel is like exactly it, it starts, Monday's horrible, then it slowly like it's better. Tuesday's the worst. Yeah. Tuesday so. morning is the most hopeless time of the entire week. You think so? I feel you're like you're not close enough I, for the weekend. I beg to differ. Wednesday's the worst. No. Wednesday, you're fucking two more work days away. <laughs> I feel yeah, like Sunday but no, night Wednesday is mo- my nightmare. Wednesday morning when you get there, it's just like, oh, fuck. I don't know. Wednesday's where I start to f- see a little ray of sunshine. Mm. Although I'm, I also can feel Cody saying Sunday nights. Yeah, you know, you get a well, case of the, the old, Sunday scaries. Yeah, that's the old classic. I know. I've I fucked up this weekend. I didn't even take a nap today. So yeah, well, dude, <laughs> I fucked up. Dude, it's the weekend, you idiot. <laughs> I, You're supposed to nap on the weekend. It's because I woke up at like four thirty in the morning. Couldn't Ooh. get back to sleep. Watched. Finished watching the movie I was watching, and then finally fell back asleep at like seven in the morning. So. Jesus! I wow. seem to do that on weekends. I don't know why. It's really obnoxious. Yeah, that's that's no bueno, my mm-hmm. friend. 
All right. Well, also sitting here, Jordan Dog. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. How are you, bud? I um did. Uh, <laughs> is there any more updates on Baby Jordan? Uh, Baby Jordan is doing good. We got the next ultrasound tomorrow. Ooh. I'm not going to be able to make it. I mean, I I've got to go to work. On a Sunday? Or, sorry, on Monday. Oh, I forgot it's okay, Saturday yeah, when you're we record. You scared? Well, guess what? It's Sunday when this comes out. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm right either way. That's right. It's, it's evergreen. when they, Well, but it's not. It'll never be evergreen. I was going to say. Because if you're we co- have a date. If his company made him work Sunday and he was like, I can't because I got to go to church. Yeah, uh, I mean, would if, they have to let him off? No. Yes, they do have to. No, they don't. Yes, they do. That's religious. religious belief. Yeah, but if they're if you sign on for a job that w- works on Sunday, then you have to work on Sunday. But if it's for religious reasons, they have to give it to you off. Not if you sign up for a job that well, that yeah, says well, you work on Sunday. But I'm saying, I'm assuming weekends for him it, would be overtime. It, yes, they so, are all overtime, all so right. they're not required. But no, I mean, no little little, <laughs> little fox is doing good. He's good. way bigger than he needs to be right now. He's and, a big uh, bitch. He. So last ultrasound, he was supposed to weigh 1.1 pounds. He weighed 1.3. So I'm guessing he's going to be a a big little guy when he comes out. It seems like your brothers are taller than you, aren't they? Yes. And stockier. Yeah. So like I am the smallest of my brothers at six foot tall. (laughs) You're the runt. And 185 pounds. What about Amy? Does she have like tall siblings? She she has one brother and he's like. Six one, six two. Okay, so yeah, you might have a big boy then. So like he takes after their dad more than. Would it be amazing if when Jordan's child came of age, he like he grew up in the podcasting world and the band world, and he like revolutionized. He brought them the together. World. He like fused them together somehow. Yeah, I'd be into it. Like, he's hey, listen, man, I hear something. I just want him to be. A pitcher in the MLB. Okay. All right. What? That's bad for him. You should want him to be a kicker. <laughs> no. He apparently doesn't no, care no, no. about shoulders or elbows. Yeah, that's apparently. real bad. That shit's fine. Guess <laughs> where the money fine. is. And Guess where greens. the money is. It's in pitching. And also, Or if he's a power hitter. Also drug addiction. <laughs> and uh, that's too many days of working. My only wish is if he gets in the MLB, he'll never buy you anything but a 2011 Maroon Honda CRV. Yeah, That's all Listen, you're ever man, I'd be okay with that okay. for the rest of your yeah, life. And guess what? Life. I'm I'm hoping pretty soon the CRV will be replaced. Oh with my a god! No, uh, no, with a Subaru. Uh, can't do that. That's man, not, just, just not no, Jordan. It's not Jordan. I did the math on how much I spend in gas in that thing, and it is ungodly. Well, how you're much ungodly. I spend a month. You're on maybe, maybe a Nissan Sentra, maybe a Boo. Ford Focus. Who Boo. knows? Guess what? Write in and maybe say a Ford Boo. Fusion because you two both agreed that that's Boo. the car that I fit me. Yeah, that was a good one. That was that actually was a good one. Yeah, until you got <laughs> in a negligent accident, Jordan. It wasn't my fault. I know the seventeen-year-old in her grandma's <laughs> rental car ran the stop sign at forty-five, and had I not. <laughs> seen it like when i did i'd be dead right now yeah your car was fucked up <laughs> well should we dive in here i say we let's go. fucking let's go. do it so i told you guys yes last week i was excited for this episode and you uh, did. we're gonna find out real quick why but this is a moral 
I think, a moral dilemma episode where you can decide at the very end on which side you're on, whether uh, this guy's a bad guy or a good guy. So. Q Dropkick Murphys, which side are you on? <laughs> I'm is, on Turn It Off immediately. Is that... Which side are you on? Which side are you? It's an old uh, Union song. I, uh, I don't I don't listen to Nazi stuff. I thought it was heading off <laughs> it's to not Boston. Nazis. They're the opposite. Some dude hiled Hitler on stage during one of their shows during like because their last song they let everyone in the crowd on stage that wants to be, and some dude like threw up the fucking Sea Heil. Which and- side are you on? That was on. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like the original Union Man song. That what was that on? Uh, which one of their albums? No, what fucking. <laughs> what fucking TV show that I was just watching was that on? I don't know. Uh, but no, some dude threw it up and the wire. Uh, their bassist went over and beat the fuck out of the dude on stage. Did he drop kick him? No, he just <laughs> threw a bunch of haymakers to his face. <laughs> That's not very on uh, product. There. Oh, I figured it out. It's Succession. Ah, it's okay. amazing. But it was the original song from like the 1800s where they yeah. were super mad at the <laughs> at the company. Mm. Well, uh, let's talk about somebody else that's super mad at a company. Here. Let's go. All right. This one is called The Battle for Cameron Dam. Damn that, Cameron. <laughs> Our story begins way back in 1901 in the birthplace of one Jordan Fox, Ooh. Wisconsin. Yay! This is, per- Woo. This is on perfect. Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, this is rush per- right through that line. <laughs> this is going to be perfect because for jo- or for our main character, <laughs> he doesn't even have to do an accent. I, I just got to talk, talk like I normally yeah, do. There perfect. You go. perfect. <laughs> Now, in the year 1901, lived the protagonist of our story, a Mr. John F. Dietz, his wife Hattie, and several of their children, whom will become important later in the story. Now, around this time, John Dietz was living in the otherwise unoccupied logging cabin of Chippewa Lumber and Boom Company on the Brunette River in Sawyer County, Wisconsin. Do you recognize mm. any of this, Jordan? Uh, I <laughs> Sawyer County might ring a bell. I wonder where it is. Uh, it's I think northeast. Okay, like so Michigan. Way, yeah, it's like hillbilly area. I gotcha. Think, so. The Dietz family had just moved here from the neighboring town of Rice Lake, Wisconsin. <laughs> we can go there in an hour and a half. Oh, is that where that is? Rice Lake. Yes, All right. I know exactly where that is. Okay, but hold on. I got tattooed in. Nope, that was Balsam Lake, but I know where Rice Lake okay, is. Okay, then maybe this isn't isn't uh, that far away. I thought it's it was really northeast. Not. Maybe it's northwest. Beautiful. Anyway, now this particular logging cabin contained a very important dam named Prince Dam, which was hmm. used by the logging company to store their logs before the logs would make their departure down the river. To the sawmill. Okay, so now, they would just jam them all up against the dam wall. Gotcha. In there, yeah. okay, I, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that's the in, original or like what dams are used for. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Well, I the, think it's I, a good I, consequence. I, I just think of them for electricity. This, These dams 
that we're going to be talking about are very important for logging companies. Okay. They're like storing water, flushing it out. <laughs> sure. Basically. Staging it, basically. Man, right. if this comes any further south, like, I'm probably going to have some, like, childhood stories to tell. <laughs> if you're related to this man, you are a fucking hero. No, I'm just I'm saying, like, that. if any towns further uh, south are referenced. Well, we got a, a few more towns we're going to talk about, so maybe you'll know them. So John Dietz was hired by John Ryan, who was the boss of this particular logging company. John's job was to be the watchman for the Prince Dam during the times when its gates were shut to impound water to... Get ahead of water. In loggers' terms. Mm. Now, I mean, his last name is Ryan. I wonder if that relates to Ryan Construction here in the Twin Cities. Probably. Well, I'll tell you what, he's not nice. Get ahead of Walter. That's what he's got to get. It's ahead of Walter. Got to get ahead of Walter. Now, shortly into his employment, the Dietz family would purchase an area of land previously owned by widow Hugh L. Cameron. Now, an important thing to note is that the Thornapple River went through their new property, and another very important dam, the Cameron Dam, was also technically on their land as well. All right. On the other side of the Cameron Dan was the location of the Mississippi Ri- River Logging Company. I think I know where this is going. Okay, do ya? I think we got some landowner versus logging company <laughs> rights showing yep, up here. We do. This is going to be fun. What else is important about this particular plot of land they purchased? It used to be a logging camp for Hugh Cameron's lumberjacks, so there were plenty of old logs for the Dietz's family to craft their own slice of heaven right basically oh and someone's gonna say those logs don't belong to them and they're gonna try to tear down their house not quite uh i can tell you this is this story's right up adam's alley i promise perfect you just gotta like get get the the saute started here gotcha you gotta get that flying bait yeah we gotta get the flavor building first (laughs) basically a house was already present on the land which was made out of sturdy pine logs, just needed a little extra TLC. I put, in, I kept envisioning Chip Gaines going in and fixing. Ship lap, ship lap, ship What's lap. What's his wife's name? Chip and Joanna. Joanna, oh, she's so hot. You think so? I do. Even with nineteen oh. kids. <laughs> Wait, Chip and Joanna is she like the? Uh... I think she's native. Yeah, she. I think she's hotter than hell. John and his sons would also construct a nice, big, sturdy barn complete with cedar shakes on the roof that were almost two inches thick. I mean, listen, that's a healthy roof. (laughs) So, like, a cedar shake is just, like, a shingle or a piece of siding that's, like, that big, made out of cedar. Yeah, so... Simple as that. Okay, okay. It's just like a roof that doesn't need to be replaced every nine years. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) The word... Fort might have actually been more accurate to describe their current living situation. Awesome. Hey, protect your neck. Now problems... Don't be- flash your cash. <laughs> no. <laughs> now problems began to arise when John Dietz sought to collect wages owed to him from the Chippewa Lumber and Boom Company, who apparently were tied in with the Mississippi River Logging Company. Okay. okay. The company's superintendent named... Mulligan. Uh-oh. I swear to God, that's his fucking name. That is his fucking name. Take a mulligan. <laughs> Basically told John that they didn't owe him shit, 
And apparently, their argument got so heated, a few punches were thrown. Well, yeah, his name's Mulligan. He's probably <laughs> hopped up on whiskey. He probably is. So were these wages, uh, were they, for, like, for owned when he was, for using the dam that no, was no, on no. his property? For when he was a night watchman okay. at that company, for some reason, they didn't pay him. I don't know why. Okay. But they just decided. That's like, pretty lame. Yeah, it's this isn't a nice logging company. No. So what did John do after this? I hope he started killing. <laughs> well, he posted signs on his land forbidding trespass on his property. Why is this a problem, you ask? Well, that was because the logging company needed to access the river that went through his land yeah. to complete the transport of their logs when the company's lumberjacks came when the company's lumberjacks came close to the dam gates to store water for transport, Dietz threatened them and told them, get the fuck out of here. Hey, that's what I'd do, man. I'd be like, I own this shit. Get the fuck off my property. Technically, the guy. You want to come through? Write me a fucking check. Technically, yeah. the guy he bought it from, that was all included. I don't know. Can you, like, claim pieces of river are yours anymore? God, you can't claim bodies of water. You can't claim, like, beaches, I don't think. No, you can claim beaches. Can you? Well, maybe just, like, the I've worked on enough houses on waterfront that they own stretches of beach where if anyone comes on them, they could call the cops. They just shoot them? Maybe it is. (laughs) Maybe you can own beach where you can't own the water. Yeah, I bet it's you can own, like, the beach area, but not the water. Sure. But I am assuming you can't just kill people Although, I'm guessing with enough money, you could own the water. Yeah, with if enough you buy money, the, yeah. All like all the land that surrounds it, like you ever heard of a little company called Nestle? I have. They own a lot of water. They own rainwater. <laughs> yes. Apparently. I mean it's illegal to collect rainwater, people, because of Nestle. They have a claim to I think, it, I guess. I think they like uh take over people's water tables in different countries, I'm pretty sure. They do. They yeah, absolutely do. That's not very good. So John said no more logs could be transported from his dam or river until the company paid him $8,000 for the 8 million feet of logs that had already went through his property since he had came to own it. Back pay me, bitch. That's a lot of money in, in 1901. 1901. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. Obviously, the company figured John was just an angry ex- ex-employee and would just get the logs ready to go, which amounted to about 6 million feet of logs ready Jesus for transport Christ. down the river. That's a lot of wood. Yeah. How, how is there any trees left in Wisconsin? That's what I, like, when you head north, it's all trees. Like the whole state, right? Well, you're forced to uh, replant forever. Maybe yeah. not in 1901, <laughs> no. but I know you're forced to replant double I mean, what you somehow it came back. I mean, I guess. So John proved to them he wasn't messing around by holding lumberjacks up at gunpoint <laughs> and told them he would shoot them oh. if he wasn't paid the money he was owed first. I mean, yeah, because they he owes them or they owe him for 8 million feet of logs and they're basically yeah. going to shoot another 8 million feet down again. Right. It's yeah. like, no, no, well, no, 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 well, no. Because, I mean, basically, I mean, if he bought it and the dam existed, like the only question i have is whether it's in the contract of him buying that property if he owns the dam which he very well could back in 1901 yeah at the end of it i'll kind of let you know the details of the purchase but it's kind of uh like technically the company i love speculating 
company the company technically technically has the right to transport him because they've been doing it forever but okay this guy's pissed says, well is that just because like the previous it. owner let them possibly it doesn't really go into detail because that guy was a lumberjack too and had his company on this property that he bought sure so he was probably transporting his own logs sure. through there i know too many damn Jesus. logs <laughs> now an important thing to remember is that in wisconsin in this time period at least if you don't get your logs headed downstream in the spring when the water is high you have to wait until the following spring to move Shit. them. So John kind of had them by the balls. They needed to use his dam and river to move their product. I don't know if this is true anymore. I don't even know if they do this anymore. But uh, uh, They probably do. They say when the water's high, you got to build it up and shoot them down there. You can't wait. You so, have like a small few month to, period. Yeah. I mean, I remember this from when I was in like middle school in Osceola, like, we always had every year something about like the lumberjacks. They'd like stand on the logs and like just ride them down the river, and you know they'd have big things to like make sure. Oh, that one's getting a little unruly. Pull it back. And I, awesome. I almost thought you were gonna say like that was your like school trip. You, you, you and the teacher <laughs> no. all rode logs down no. the river. <laughs> no, we had some Wisconsin. cool school trips though. Wisconsin white rough water rafting right there. <laughs> Stand on the log and don't fall off. <laughs> don't let him get out of line. So the company started by getting an injunction restraining John Dietz from interfering in the company's business. John Dietz just ignored it and said he didn't take any stock in courts. <laughs> <laughs> what a badass. Dude, the I just the land. Oh, He's a sovereign citizen. <laughs> and I love yes. that I don't have to work for an accent. <laughs> He just continued to make sure the lumberjack stayed at bay with his rifle. The next step the company took after their injunction was just ignored was to go to the law. And they obviously would issue an arrest warrant for John Dietz. He's holding up lumberjacks at gunpoint. Yeah, he's I mean, I'm he's guessing now he's going to be holding up the law at gunpoint and be like, get the fuck off my property. <laughs> I don't take much stock in the law. I'll tell you what, I would be afraid of John Dietz if anybody goes oh, on his property. Yeah. Yeah. So two deputies named William Gib Giblin and William Ed Elliot. <laughs> oh, fucking Bill and Bill. <laughs> set out to arrest John. Now, to even get to the Dietz's property, the deputies would have to travel 60 miles over rough terrain since they were coming from Hayward, Wisconsin. I assume you know where that is. Jordan. Yes, it's the home of the world's largest muskie. Oh, the, the original Ooh. famous Dave's. Is, Whoa. Is Hayward where, like, one of the smaller branches of the University of Wisconsin is at? I thought, Fucking probably. I don't, I don't know. I know I've heard of it. It's, but it's got a lot of different branches. No, Hayward's a great fishing town if you is ever it? are okay. looking for a good fishing trip. I wonder when they caught that fish. If it was before well, this? Well, it's, it's a sculpture. Oh. <laughs> so you can't have sex with it. it. It's one of those roadside <laughs> gimmick things, Cody. Mm. Right. It's not actually the world's largest muskie. No, it, it's a statue of the world's largest it, muskie. It, it's like 60 feet long. Like up in uh, Baudette, they have the world's largest walleye, mm. and it's the same thing. You know what? Actually, I feel like I might have actually seen the world's largest muskie. Can you walk inside of it? I don't know. 
I don't think so. There's a fish. I remember when we were a little kid, they had like a giant sculpture of a fish. You could like walk up inside of it and walk in its mouth or whatever. Just kind of a gimmicky ass thing. I think you got swallowed by Jonah, the whale or whatever. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Geppetto lived the life I always wanted to live. <laughs> Look, no job, no bills. You just sit in a whale and, yeah. and eat the whatever you swallow. The blubber. It's You're great. Like, Ooh, sardines today. <laughs> let me let me scrape off a little whale blubber and yeah. cook that up. He ain't ha- he didn't have a worry in the world. Uh-huh. Listen, it, it becomes once you put it on fire, that whale blubber is the richest broth you'll ever have. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so when they got closer, the deputies got some help and would be accompanied by Two of the company's employees and a random farmhand. <laughs> you know, here's Jebediah. We're just bringing him along You're, for fun. Make him think he's important. You know okay? what's you know what's funny actually. This we're gonna bring up the farmhand in a minute here. I cannot pronounce his name for the life of me, Jarn. So you're gonna Excellent. maybe it is Jebediah. <laughs> So they were fully armed with rifles and revolvers, presumably because of the reputation John Dietz had already garnered. The posse was being transported by a four-horse wagon, and when they reached the point where they were about three miles from the dam, one of the horses snorted as if it noticed something. Hmm. Deputy Elliot stood up and looked. He thought he noticed a man hide behind a stump. A few seconds later... John Dietz popped out with his rifle, aimed it at him, and said, Hands up, you sons of bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Then began opening fire immediately. Fucking get him, John. (laughs) Fucking get him. Around the same time John started firing, another man popped out from behind a tree and also began firing at the wagon. In cahoots with Dietz? Oh, yeah. Obviously spooked. The horses reared up and took off at full speed. Yeah. Bullets were blazing everywhere. A bullet would shoot the hat right off of the farmhand name. Can you say this fucking name? I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it's probably Jacques. Yeah. You think that's Jacques? Jacques, yeah. (laughs) G-I-A-U-Q-U-E. I'm going to say Jacques, yeah. Is this a native Wisconsin name there? It's really not. (laughs) I think that should be the name of Young Fox right there. Listen, the name's picked out. (laughs) Anyway, Jacques. Then tumbled out of the wagon. Dead? Nope. Oh, just the hat came off him. He just shot his hat off, spooked him. Another bullet cut right through Deputy Elliot's suspenders, right under his nickel buckle that said Hercules on it. What? (laughs) Hercules! What a douche. He loves it. (laughs) Shockingly. The only person who was actually hit by the onslaught of bullets was one of the lumberjacks, but he wasn't fatally wounded. Yeah, he probably, like, grazed his shoulder. He's like, oh, that didn't feel good, there. <laughs> He's <laughs> a tough no boy. Good. He's that tough. He's just like, what is that? I got to put some dirt on that. <laughs> well, someone got a Band-Aid over there. <laughs> the four men remaining on the wagon made a fast getaway. The farman who had fell out of the wagon was approached by John and the other man, they told him to start running from the direction that he had came mm, from. Mm. Which, Go back the way you came, boy! <laughs> which he did pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. And apparently while he was running away, the two men just continued shooting at the branches above his head. I mean, this is a scare tactic. They just wanted to see yeah. a brown spot in the back <laughs> <Yeah>. of his <laughs> pants. Get out of here, Jack, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you can poop your pants, boy. So, just so, like that one chick from Kent State. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what happened to yeah. her? She pooped her pants? I know. Yeah. All I know her as is gun girl and she shit her pants at a frat party (laughs) 
don't go to frat parties in the first place. Seriously, yes. protect yourself. Stay yes. home. You won't get. You definitely won't get raped if you don't go to a frat party. No, right? just yeah. stay away from them. They, wait, you know that's what? not true. That's not true. You the, you still might get raped if yeah. you don't go to a frat party. What I'm saying is, <laughs> if you don't go to a frat party, you can't get raped at a frat party. Yeah. Right. Perfect. I mean, I was going to say what you might be trying to say is if you go to a frat party, your chances to get raped increase by a lot. Exponentially higher. So the le- entire lesson here is stay away from frat parties. Come to yeah, my party. You might yeah, shit your pants. Party. You know what? Do what I do. Stay at home and drink a beer and watch a movie. That's have some the best water party you can that's have. That's the way to or go. Or water and smoke weed. Whatever some, you want to do. Have some La Croix. <laughs> now, do some blow. <laughs> okay, maybe not that far, Jordan. <laughs> Now the two deputies wouldn't make another another attempt to arrest. Keep it going. <laughs> the two deputies wouldn't make another attempt to serve the arrest warrant on John Dietz, but they were able to positively identify the two shooters, even though they apparently had painted their faces black. <laughs> boogity, boogity. They did the old fucking shoe polish on the face, huh? <laughs> One shooter was obviously John Dietz, yeah, and the other shooter was a man who's never gotten, never not gotten a woman off, Valentine Weisenbach. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Valentine Wiesenbach. Yeah. <laughs> well, Wiesenbach. whatever. You know he's a sex machine. Oh, That's you all I'm saying. bet your dick. <laughs> so he's t- swinging the hottest four <laughs> inches this side of the Mississippi. Four inches thick. <laughs> Two days after the ambush, apparently the loggers were just enjoying a supper at their camp when bullets came flying in and ended up hitting one of the loggers. <laughs> oh, these pork shops are, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the best potato soup I've ever had. I don't even know what Wisconsin, beer cheese soup. Beer means. cheese. I Here mean, yeah, they better have popcorn on top. <laughs> if they had cheese curds, then they'd give them props. Anyway, after these two events, Valentine, say his name again. Valentin Weisbach. Okay. Would be arrested and charged with intent to commit murder and sent to the penitentiary. Against law enforcement or just in general? Because. Uh, just oh, the loggers, gen- the loggers, the loggers. No, no, because he, he was the other one involved in the shootout with the deputies right. and whoever else. Okay, was there okay, okay. But the Wisconsin Supreme Court was, quote, astonished. I'm astonished. <laughs> that not one person <laughs> had made an attempt to arrest John Dietz, considering <laughs> he was the primary reason for the entire affair. So they were basically just like, you have one fucking job <laughs> yeah. to do, you yeah. shitheads. This whole, sh- this whole shit show was for this, and you didn't even try. Okay, you got his neighbor. Yeah. How about let's get John here? God damn. <laughs> So after the shootout, John Dietz's reputation continued to grow. Some called him an anarchist. Some called him just an outlaw. Hell yeah. Weirdly enough, John was also a member of the Masonic Order. Everyone was at the time. You think so? Well, it was like the, you know, the Water Buffalo Lodge. Not everybody was crazy masons. It wasn't like the Reptilian Lodge. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) That's what they all are. That's what they all feed into. (laughs) But there is the surface member, like outside people that just show up and drink and go to meetings and stuff. Mm. So apparently the Masonic Lodge even tried to settle the dispute between John and the logging company. But they were unsuccessful. Oh, if this was 100 years earlier, that would be like, they would be like, yes, yes, Masons, we will bow down yep. to you. In uh, 1800? Oh, yeah. Oh, they would have? yeah. Okay. So the six million feet of logs just continued to sit behind the Cameron Dam. Just dam. jamming up. 
Just sitting back there. It's about to fucking freeze over for winter. Obviously, the company was growing frustrated, so they turned to the federal government for help. So John was served with another injunction. I'm guessing this one's going to go just the way the company (laughs) wants. Hey, it's on the federal level this time. (laughs) Woo! So they'll drag their feet even longer to to get anything done. Basically. So two United States Marshals would make an attempt to serve papers to John. What did he do? Well, once again, he chased them (laughs) off his land at gunpoint. I love this guy. I fucking love him. He's everybody's hero. He's the definition of come and take it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, this was extremely embarrassing for the U.S. Marshals because of their failure (laughs) to serve papers to a simple Wisconsin woodsman. Listen, man, I don't like the term simple Wisconsin woodsman. He knows that terrain better than they do. We're in Minnesota. We got to throw shade when we can here. This is Listen, man, you're... You're trying to talk shit on my homeland. <laughs> this is a one-to-one allegory for the Vietnam War, I think. You think People so? People thought that it was just a couple of Vietnamese <laughs> farmers, and we just had to go root them out with some federal power. They got, uh, John's a little, is putting up a bit of a fight. John's here. VC, man. Oh, yeah. So they drew up even more arrest warrants for John. What are those going to do for them? <laughs> we have a piece of paper. <laughs> Fucking try to find me in this forest. This time, it was for contempt of court, apparently. Sure. The marshals... He de- certainly holds the court in contempt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does. The marshals decided to return to his property again, this time with 25 U.S. marshals. Okay. All right. Now we're doing it. But it wasn't going to be easy because the Dietz homestead was starting to earn nicknames, which included Dietz's Stronghold <laughs> or Fort Dietz. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> oh my god, this dude is like the perfect sovereign citizen. It's Craster's Keep from Game <laughs> yeah. of Thrones. It's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. With 25 U.S. Marshals this time, you'd expect maybe they would be able to get this man under control. <laughs> well, when they arrived, John simply told them to go to go hell. To hell. Presumably while firing at the posse. <laughs> Listen, I can just see how this played out. Like, he just hears a ruckus about his property. A ruckus? I meant to say ruckus. I think I was going to say rumble, but then I was like, that's not right. <laughs> that's what we call a Wisconsin. But no, he's got like the lever action uh, Winchester Model oh, yeah. 93, and he just comes walking out right at his hip, just blam, blam, get the fuck out of here, blam, He's literally shoot first, ask questions later. That well, is yeah. This man. That's how he should be. Get out of here. He owns that fucking dam. <laughs> and guess what? The 25 U.S. Marshals again retreated to Hayward <laughs> and soon became the laughing stock of the town. <laughs> All 25 of yeah, them. Yeah, what pussies. <laughs> So, His rifle couldn't even hold that many rounds. No. I, I Wait, don't... 10 seconds. Hey, we're going to learn in a minute here. It's the whole family. None of them I fuck see. around. It's I not see. Just Jay, right. Not just John. Homesteaders. So he, they all basically walked out and said, you want, want to play fuck around and fuck around? <laughs> yeah. They they probably just started shooting and they didn't know where they was coming from. Got scared and ran away, I'd assume. This guy's pissed. So over the next five years, John <laughs> Dietz... His two rugged sons, Leslie and Clarence. Listen, I'm just going to say Leslie, not a very rugged name. He's a badass. That's the best one. He is a badass. Well, he's got something to prove. It's like a boy named Sue by Johnny Cash. (laughs) His wife, Mrs. Dietz, daughters Mira and Helen, 
would hold off any attacks or threats that made their way to Fort Dietz. Oh, shit. Such as an incident that occurred in July of 1906. The Dietz men were loading hay in their barn when the youngest child, Helen, spotted a man in the woods. Fucking kill him. (laughs) So John and his sons grabbed their rifles, started firing, and a shootout took place. Clarence Dietz was wounded in the incident, but Leslie had managed to severely wound a deputy named, is this Roach? Rogic? Rogic. Yeah, Rogic. <laughs> is that a German name? That's Rogic? very German. Okay. If it has a CH, is that yeah, automatically German? So. Yeah, pretty much. And if it has like 17 Zs, it's Polish immediately? Yes. Okay. I mean, Check. now you're starting to get it, yeah. Cody. I'm understanding <laughs> You're figuring out culture. the region. Yeah. Listen, this podcast has done more for his literacy than I know school it. ever did. I, I know it. I, I'm going to send a lot of letters to the Catholic school saying, you didn't do shit for me. This podcast did for me. Here. That's right. So again, arrest warrants were taken out for the shooting, but nothing was done. <laughs> it seemed they were just too afraid to try to breach Fort Dietz. Well, why the fuck wouldn't they be? I mean, somebody's You're going to get greeted it. with just rounds on rounds <laughs> flying at you. Yeah, they do just keep getting <laughs> repelled. As time progressed, sheriff after sheriff came and went, handing down the stack of warrants, injunctions, and things of that such uh, to the next man who took over. But every single new sheriff or deputy couldn't manage to get him. Yeah, because he's a badass. He is a very big badass. In the meantime, John took advantage of the situation. He basically (laughs) stole all the logs that were sitting in the Cameron Dam. Cut them into 28 piles of wood and placed them in a clearing behind his property. Fuck yes. He could just keep adding defenses to his fort. Exactly. Some was for firewood and basically created a nice wall of defense back there. Excuse me, gotta build a fence. I just need this one. That's beautiful. (laughs) Apparently, the logging company had finally reached a boiling point and made an attempt to just pay off John for the money owed to him for lost wages which totaled $1,717. But John told them that deal was off the table a long, long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yes. (laughs) He wanted the money for transporting logs and said no logs would go through Cameron Dam for less than 10 cents per thousand feet. And when you got six million, eight million feet of logs. I'm trying to do the math. That adds up pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, the logging company just had to transport their logs on land until they reached the Flambeau River and could transport them via river the rest of the way. Sure. The the ironic thing that will lead to the downfall of the Dietzes didn't really even involve the logging company at all. God damn it. <laughs> Apparently, John Dietz was also a man who respected education and wanted it for his children. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. No. The nearest town to the Dietz homestead was the town of Winter. Have you ever heard of this town? No, but that's a real original name. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess. Is it by Delta? I have no idea. I don't know Wisconsin geography here. (laughs) Listen, I'm just going off uh, basic names. I feel like Winter's close to Delta, and I know where Delta is. Maybe they renamed it. You know, this is a long time ago. Who knows? So... 
Winter was still about 10 miles uh, from their home, and during spring and fall, it was apparently nearly unpassable. Maybe well, because I mean, it's so pro- wet? I don't know. I was going to say, because of the mud. Yeah, probably. But in 1910, John Dietz spoke to a man fresh out of college named Frank Gates, who he wanted to tutor his children in their home, sure. which Frank Gates agreed to do. Now, the I'm, only exception is if anyone comes on the property, you gots to grab a gun and <laughs> yeah. kill them. I wonder if he told them, like, look, if we get under attack, you got to grab the gun. You got to kill these motherfuckers. Hey, there's no such thing as, uh, <laughs> as uh, what are they called? Uh, observers? What are they no, called? No, In no. war? Independent observer? Something like that? You guys I suck. Well, oh, I was, all uh, I can think about is, like, the people who go to, like... Conscientious subjector. Con- uh, yep, that's what I was trying yes, to find. Yes, There's yes. no such thing as a conscientious subjector in a foxhole, baby. I always thought it was funny when, like, people say, like, when the Iraq war was going on, like, they'd send them over and they just have a little sticker that says press. Like, people aren't going to shoot you right. because you have a little yeah. sticker right. that says press. Press. I'm a journalist. No, don't like, shoot me. Like, I'm with look, Rolling Stone. Yeah, fuck that. They don't care. You're going to die if they see that yeah. there. So anyway, now on September 6th, 1910, never forget. <laughs> John and his son Clarence headed to the town of Winter to collect money from the school board for rent, fuel, and janitor fees for the school that was technically being operated out of their home. This is too much. Now, as weird as it sounds, the Winter School Board had completely agreed to pay Frank Gates for the tutoring fees to teach the Dietz's children, but paying for rent, heat, and janitor services were completely out of the question. You're asking too much, man. Yeah. He's taking some of that log money. I was like, why would they agree to pay for a teacher to teach just these kids? Doesn't it seem weird? Well, no child left behind. It's a different time, Cody. I guess. I don't think you could pull this off now. And this... Dietz has blood on his hands. Literal yeah, blood on his hands. Yeah. Just fucking accept that they're paying Frank for his time to teach your kids. I, he's getting a little too greedy here. Way too greedy. So eventually, John Dietz, uh, C.J. O'Hare, whom was the president of the Wintertown Board, Bert Horrell, whom was the clerk of the school board, and Joseph Buckwheat. <laughs> Love his pancakes. <laughs> who was the chairman of the town board all got into a heated argument about the money until eventually fists started to fly. John knocked down Harrell. Harrell got up, tackled John. John pulled out a Luger pistol and shot Harrell several times. Jesus. But he didn't end up killing him. After the shooting, John and his son Clarence just gingerly untied their horse and wagon and made their way out of town like nothing even happened. Oh, fuck yeah. I just shot this guy. Who gives a fuck? I'm out of here, dude. He's lucky pop, that pop, pop. He's lucky that Watch Lugers a drop. are very small caliber. Are they? They have to be based on their design. There's there's literally a lot of people who get shot in this story, but like only I think we have one dead person. That on is them. crazy. <laughs> yes. Especially it's nineteen ten. Yes. Infection is probably rampant. <laughs> They just pour some whiskey on it. Sure. It's all you need, baby. Sure. So after this, Bert Horrell's criminal complaint just got added to the stack of arrest warrants <laughs> out for John Dietz to be ignored as usual. <laughs> so they're just kind of like, yeah, we're going to put this in here. Does that make you we'll, feel better? We'll, t- we'll take care happen. of it, Bert. Don't worry. In a couple more sheriffs, we'll, <laughs> we'll take care of this guy. <laughs> but it just so happened a new prosecutor 
prosecuting attorney named J.C. Davis and a new high sheriff named Mike Madden had taken over in Sawyer County. They took notice of the huge stack of warrants out for John Dietz and decided they were going to be the ones to finally bring him to justice. Always. I don't believe him. There's always <laughs> a custodian he... that comes in <laughs> yeah. and says, I'm going to fucking... I, I have a hunch. Uh, that was the intention of every sheriff. Did you know this was John Men's uh, grandfather? I was going to make a joke. <laughs> That's why he loves Brett Favre so much. Yeah, like, Listen, they, all they have to do here is get in, get around his defenses where he's camouflaged, and tackle him, and then, you know what? They have an arrest on him. I guarantee, and that's how they win the game. I guarantee John Madden would love John Dietz on his football team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't care if he's shooting other players. He no. just wants him on the team. <laughs> so at first, Mike Madden just made his way to the Dietz's homestead to serve the warrants but was stopped by a neighbor who warned him that both John and his son Leslie were waiting to ambush him. So he turned around and decided he should get a little more help here. Now, Madden wasn't stupid. He knew that John was very clever and, moreover, was known to be a dead shot. Yes. But Madden said, you know what? I know a few dead shots myself. So he deputized a woodsman slash farmer named... Roy Van Alst- Alstein. <laughs> Roy Van Alstein. I don't know. I awesome. Don't know. A cool Sounds name, Sounds like I guess. a dead shot. <laughs> and a lumberjack named Red Thornbaum. Could, could be a dwarf or could also be a dead shot. I'm he, not sure. He's got a battle axe. He throws it's at It's Gimli him. <laughs> after the war. That's a pretty sweet name, too. Red Thorbaum. Both were said to be the best rifle shots in the county, so the three men set up their base at Roy's farm, which was just a few miles from the Dietz's farm. They hid in the woods surrounding John's property and were just scouting them out. Then they took notice that it appeared that the Dietz family was repairing the wagon for a trip to town. What a perfect opportunity for them to finally nail him. So the three men hid where they knew Dietz would have to pass. About an hour later, the men heard the wagon approaching, but to their surprise... The wagon only contained the three oldest children, Clarence, Leslie, and Mira. So so Sheriff Madden made his way in the middle of the road and ordered them to halt. Now later on, the sheriff claimed that the second he commanded them to stop, (laughs) the boys pulled out their rifles (laughs) and started shooting, which the boys later on... Completely denied. Oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> Either way, the sheriff and deputies just opened fire on the children. Oh, Jesus. That's probably what happened, actually. Yes. They're just like, we got to get some of, the, some of these sons of bitches. I can't believe he's not out here. Blow these kids away. <laughs> Clarence Dietz was shot in the left arm. Myra was sh- uh, struck above the hip through the fleshy part of her back. Ugh. And Leslie managed to tumble out of the wagon and flee while bullets whizzed by him even though all three of these children were known to be quite good with a firearm and definitely wouldn't hesitate to shoot when the sheriff and deputies showed up in winter with two shot children wasn't a really good look no (laughs) no (laughs) myra was taken to the hospital and given medical attention clarence was bandaged up and placed in jail fearing a retaliation from john deets the sheriff closed all the saloons and deputized an additional 12 men. But thankfully, for the men in the town of Winter, 
John didn't retaliate. Myra ended up having to be transported via automobile Shit. to a Hayward hospital. That's like an air transport. Yeah, huh? I know. It's like, Jesus, has anybody got a car out here? We've got to get there fast. Now, as one can imagine, in the age of yellow journalism, the big city newspapers in Milwaukee, Chicago, St. Paul, and Minneapolis absolutely roasted the sheriff, deputies, and prosecutors. For good reason. I know. They essentially printed that the big bad sheriff and his crony deputies shot up three innocent children who were just simply headed to town to purchase some eggs. That's what it looks like. I wish I could read that article. That sounds amazing. I mean... We could probably find it. <laughs> they just rolled up on them and just, it was a turkey shoot, basically. We don't know who shot first. But I think it was them. I think, think it was they the shot deputies. Them? And, yeah. Yes. They're pretty frustrated with the family, I imagine. But Sheriff Madden still decided he wasn't going to take a little thing like shooting children to stand in the way of his laying siege to Fort Deets. Yeah. Fuck the press. All press <laughs> is good press. <laughs> and by all accounts, Ju- John knew this was going to happen. So John... Leslie, his wife, whom claimed was a better shot than even John was, <laughs> his daughter Helen, and another child all prepared for what was about to come. This time, Sheriff Madden deputized a bunch of additional men, making sure to gather all the best shooters from Winter, Hayward, Radisson, and any nearby town he could find. In the end, he had basically assembled a small army. He was going out for an all-out yeah, attack he, on yeah. Fort Deeds. He's not he, fucking he around. Him. His next step was to set up all of his men all around the Dietz's farm said, then prevented the post office from making any, any deliveries, prevented the newspaper from being delivered, and basically no one could come or go from the house. A Makes siege. Sense. Yeah. It's a siege. Now, an interesting note is that the reporter's who caught wind of the showdown, ended up descending upon this area and hung around Sheriff Madden's little army to make sure they could get the inside scoop on just what exactly was transpiring. Vultures. That's that's exactly what they fucking are. Oh, yeah. Now, because this was a fairly big story, it caught the attention of Governor... J.O. Davidson. All <laughs> Jerk the way, off Davidson. <laughs> all the way Madison. Uh, do you know this governor, Jordan, by chance? I don't. You don't remember Jerk off <laughs> it's Davidson? It's a little before my time. <laughs> now the governor obviously realized this could turn into a complete bloodbath. On either side. Yes. And he figured he could come up with some sort of agreement to defuse the entire situation. So he sent two of his men, Colonel... O.G. Munson. What a sweet <laughs> <Original> name. Original gangster <laughs> Munson. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And eternal, Attorney General Frank L. Gilbert, who would be, who would then be escorted to the edge of the Dietz's land. Uh, we're going to do a little negotiation. You're going to try that first. The two men waved their white handkerchiefs as they approached the home. John Dietz decided to have a little chat with the men through the window. Of course. What the fuck do you guys want? Hey. He had his gun in his hand. He was cautious, you know. The attorney general, speaking on behalf of the state of Wisconsin, told John he could have a fair trial set in any location in the state he desired. All criminal charges would be dropped except for the shooting of Horrell. 
So he, this isn't a bad deal, right? That's actually it really solid. isn't. That's, That's a very good deal. He's got a stack of injunctions and warrants, and he's only got a cop to shooting Horrell, not even killing, just shooting him. Yeah, so he might he might get off pretty easy, but mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it's not a bad deal. But John, being a bit of a stubborn man, told them basically, "Go to hell." Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> the only way he was surrendering is if the state of Wisconsin would force the logging company to pay the money he was owed for the transport of logs through Cameron Dan or Dam. Obviously, the attorney general told him basically a matter like that, the state cannot interfere with, which I don't think is true, but he yeah, told that. Yeah, sounds that. like a cop-out to He's me. He's just yeah. like, we can't get involved in <laughs> that disputes really sounds, here. Whatever. That sounds like a piece of shit, <laughs> yeah. weaselly politic thing to say. <clears throat> Being unresolved, the governor's men left. Still, Madden's men didn't attack quite yet, believing there still could be some resolution. The governor's men returned the next day, begging for John to allow his wife and children at least to head to town and not get hurt in the chaos that was about to come. Now, from the sounds of it, John would have been all for that, but not a single member of his family even wanted to leave. We're safe here. They're they a bunch stay. of renegades. They want to stay and protect their home. Whatever. We got a teacher. So. We got wood. <laughs> we got it all. I don't know if Frank Gates is still here or not. I Frank think Gates he might have left. He might have <laughs> left. I, don't, I can't confirm that. <laughs> so again, the governor's men left. Yet Sheriff Madden held off his assault for one more day. The chief deputy, Fred Thor- Thorbaum, waved the white flag and told John Dietz that if he didn't surrender soon, he was going to get a cannon and start blasting his home. <laughs> John stood his ground and told him, bring it on. Bring it. He's willing to fight them, even if it takes through all of fall and winter. If it got Ew. to winter, he would have the advantage. I can Definitely. only imagine. Oh, yeah. So, Hold up like a little, uh, little, little yeah. guy. Just like the Russians did. <laughs> yep. General winter, man. <laughs> So the day of October 7th, 1910, was going to be the Day of Judgment. And oh boy, Sheriff Madden's posse didn't waste much time. That morning, they watched as John herded his cattle into the barn for milking. And this is about when Deputy Angus Campbell, Deputy Colpitz, and Deputy Rankin started opening fire. That sounds like three men (laughs) that could open fire. (laughs) Sounds like three fucking stooges here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, according to Deputy Rankin, he had shot the grindstone near the house, which created a cloud of smoke. Within seconds, a bullet whizzed by Deputy Colpitt's ear, and another almost hit the hat right off of Deputy Rankin's head. Whoa. So they ain't playing here. They were ready. Oh, yes. So some of the other men noticed Leslie Dietz walking around and immediately opened fire on him, but couldn't seem to hit him. Now, with the firing going on, the other men slowly began to move closer, and then just unleashed a hail of bullets on the house and the barn. Sure. Apparently, John was shooting from the pile of logs. He had stolen from the logging company. (laughs) That's his property. (laughs) But when he was noticed by the deputies who returned fire, he had to make a mad dash for the house. Leslie, his son, had managed to get into the barn and began shooting through the porthole. Awesome. That's badass. Hell yeah. So a few of the deputies were sneaking through the shrubbery, shrubbery and almost stepped on two huge bear traps that John had set up and could have easily snapped their legs if they would have stepped on them. He is not playing around here. Now, at this point, 
apparently there were about 1,500 people descending on the home. What? Apparently, which included 40 newspaper reporters and 60 armed deputies. Oh, they're sending the newspaper reporters in first to uh, disorient them with the flashes of their cameras. Oh. Yeah, I, I can only assume, like, I don't know who the townspeople are there. I don't know. I don't know who the hell else is there. There's just a lot of fucking people there. Sheriff Madden ordered his four deputies, James Parmelo, Oscar Harp, Walter Bonk, <laughs> and Ernest Mewhorter. I don't well, the first two are good, and then you get to Bonk and Mewhorter. <laughs> I like Walter Bonk. Yeah, Bonk and Mewhorter could be a could be a show. If you like, if you needed two private detectives, I would hire Bonk and Mewhorter immediately. There's no I question. don't think I would. I feel like they'd walk around the office tripping over chairs and hitting each other with fucking wiffle ball. Bats. That sounds good to me too. So anyway, he ordered him to advance forward and take cover by the log pile, which John had been shooting from previously. After this, they got into a prone position and slowly crawled their way towards the home. This wasn't a smart move because a rifle shot rang out and Oscar Harp's head snapped back. Oh. A bullet had went through his mouth oh. and didn't stop until it hit his thigh bone. Oh, oh. oh. oh what fuck. A, what a bad way to go. He swallowed that bitch oh. all the way down. I wonder if he shot his teeth out. Oh. Yeah, he's the only death in the whole story. Fuck. And it's a bad one. Rest in peace, Oscar Harp. Can you imagine? They, they, like, when I was reading it, it, was like, it sounded like he got shot and he's just like, oh, you know, like snapped him back. And then psh. the bullet went like Ooh. from his mouth all the I way through his I suppose if you're crawling like fucking. Yeah, man. Uh, whatever. New, what's the game? Solid Snake. No, we used to play it. Uh, the Battle Royal game. Oh, PUBG. Oh, PUBG. Yeah, you crawl on there. Anyway. Luckily, the three other men jumped to their feet and ran for safety. Deputy Mewhorter then took notice of a copper wire that Deputy Bonk had almost tripped. <laughs> what Deputy Bonk was about to trip was a double-barrel shotgun loaded Whoa. with bu- buckshot about to blow him away. <laughs> he was home alone nice. trapped in this place. Oh. <laughs> You got the bear trap, you got the fucking saw shotgun ready to go. Oh my god. He's not he's not taking any risks with the wet work bandits. No. So anyway, the shooting continued all through the afternoon. So many bullets were fired, it began to tear the shingles off of the barn. <laughs> the stovepipe basically turned into a sieve. <laughs> Dishes were shot off of the kitchen table. The outhouse was peppered all the hell. Oh, Quilts on the bed were shot into pieces, and worst of all, the Dietz's, the Dietz family prized organ was shot to pieces. Oh, no. Not the damn organ, damn it. Did you know up until, like, the 70s, there was organ stores everywhere? Really? Like, it was a thing for people to have an organ. I would fucking love an organ. I, I don't mean... know if I would. <laughs> You need like a whole cathedral to put one in it. You can get a small organ. There's, but a, I there's would electric only want that. organs. I would only want a pipe organ. Could you like? Okay, in- we had an electric organ when I was growing up. That makes sense. Your dad probably got it from a fucking organ store. Could you? Could you integrate an electric organ into like Druid's next album? Druid's I mean, dead. listen. There's little like things you can 
like buttons, I guess you can hit on it. So where it's like trumpets in different sounds. Oh yeah, it was kind of like the predecessor to the modern keyboard, to like the Casio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, shockingly, through all of this chaos, the only family member that had been shot was John. Wow. Who had a bullet go right through his hand, but he was still able to shoot. It sounded like he was able to shoot with the other one. So oh, one was taken yeah. out and he was still shooting. Perfect. John's not giving up. Finally, as the army had gained the upper hand and began closing in, the daughter, Helen, came out of the house waving the white flag, signaling, signaling they were surrendering. Sheriff Madden made his way to talk to Helen, and Helen asked him with her eyes full of tears, If Papa comes out, will you promise not to shoot him? And the sheriff agreed. Aww. So they sent in Father Pylon, waving the white flag. He came running back out and said, John was bleeding badly and needed medical attention fast. So Dr. Grafton ran in the house, gave John a shot of whiskey, <laughs> fixed up his hand. So apparently, like, the whole fucking town was literally just watching all of this. Because they had the priest and the doctor there. 1,500 people yeah. were there. So, I yeah. I mean, if there was all shootout, of Hayward. If there's a shootout here, I might go watch it. Yeah. I might. Well, I mean, after things calm down. <laughs> yeah. I'll let the police show up first and the reporters well, I mean, we'll to take behind, all the yeah, bullets. Yeah. All the meat shields. Yes. <laughs> anyway, John and his family were handcuffed and taken away. Now, up to this point, you're wondering why the family gave up and surrendered. Not Fuck. really. They were fucking surrounded. Yeah. They, they were going to die if they didn't. Remember, they they stated they were willing to die for what they believed in. Sure. Until that time comes up. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> Until you're about to die. It's like, oh, wait, no, that sounds awful. You have kids that can have a full life. Basically, it boils down to something really simple. Mrs. Dietz was currently pregnant, and John didn't yeah. want to risk the unborn child being murdered. Yeah. That's why he gave up. I Absolutely. Think his, I think his wife even told him don't give up, but he's like, no, we're not going to risk you getting killed or the baby. So the funny thing is that the Dietzes weren't the only ones being arrested this day. A reporter named Floyd Gibbons of the Tribune of Minneapolis was also arrested for destroying the telephone lines in winter after filing his reports. Oh, he yep. wanted to be the only yep. one. Yep. yep. What a dipshit. The Star oh. Tribune. Is that, you is son that what of a you bitch. Yes, is? that is what it is now. <laughs> oh, I want to read an article on StarTribune.com. <laughs> You've surpassed your article limit for this month. I'm sorry, I haven't even clicked on a link in three months. Yeah. How have I read three articles? You're not even the Washington Post, so hey, it doesn't matter. According to Small Town Murder, you clear the cookies and go right back to it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what he said, because then they... they it, they think you're a new Yeah, visitor, that's your new... So. I mean, I've never been there. <laughs> I just wanted to read an article about a restaurant. Well, you're not allowed to because nope. you're not from here. You're a bitch. Anyway, during the trial, John Dietz went on to be his own attorney, and shockingly, he was pretty good at it. John was facing the murder charge of Oscar Harp, which John claimed that actually Oscar had been shot by his own deputies. Nah. But judging by how he died, that probably wasn't the case. It was a bullet coming from Fort Deets. <laughs> he, ate yeah. a, he basically ate a fucking bullet. Yes, from the fort. Uh, John did his best to defend himself, but the jury eventually found him guilty, and he was sentenced to serve life in prison. Mm -hmm. 
The rest of the Dietz family were set free without being charged, good. which is good. Yes. Uh, the children later on ended up being in a moving picture show <laughs> called The Battle of Cameron Dan oh. as the he- Cameron Dam as the heroes of this story. I mean, you could have just called it a movie. No, well, it was. It was I mean, it was a show. silent. Yeah, it was a yeah. movie picture show. It wasn't a talkie yet, my friend. Everybody, we have to sit. We have to like put the audience in the time period, That's so right. we're not going to confuse them with movies. Okay. Yeah, they might think they saw uh, the lighthouse. Eagle Eye starring <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. So you're saying like every five seconds they just had a frame pop up like. John fires his rifle that's at it. the deputy. That's yeah, it. That's, and there's hey. charming piano ragtime music in the background. If anybody has this on VHS, if anybody has this film on VHS or DVD, let me know. I want to copy. I bet it. we could find it online somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it sounds amazing. So, ten years after being sent to jail, John Dietz would be pardoned by Governor Blaine. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Uh, sadly, John Dietz would pass away in 1924 with his wife, three sons, two daughters at his bedside. So, wow. Rest in peace, you American hero. So, okay. Uh, so, Jordan, is this man a hero or is he a villain? I think he's a hero. He's a hero. He's standing up for his shit. He is. I he mean- bought that fucking property and he's not going to let anyone abuse that shit. You, uh, it's his God-given right as a sovereign citizen of the United States of America. I feel like uh, this people should take note about when like corporations start polluting people's property. We should be able to stand against them and say, "Look, you can't do that." You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sure. Like maybe not shoot up 1,500 deputies sure. or whatever, but uh, sure. But you know what, John Dietz, I think he's uh, he's who we all aspire to be as Americans. Yeah, right? I think there's. Uh, no such thing as good and evil. There's no mm. such thing as right and wrong. Okay. What you... I do think is John Dietz had a lot of good points. Yes, he did. And I do think that uh, other people had a lot of good points, like mm. that logging company, which <laughs> yeah. probably had arrangements. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, there was I, a lot of good points. I forgot. I forgot. Well, they, they had arrangements with the previous owners. I forgot the last few things I'm going to mention here. So apparently, I don't know if this house is still there where you can like go see it in Wisconsin. Oh. But they said after the Dietz is all left and everything, like a uh, a weird like living off the land cult moved in there, mm-hmm. uh, and then they realized it sucked to try to provide for yourself and right. all disbanded. Of the commune, and then disbanded. Uh, yeah, basically, and then after uh, all of this, they looked through like the uh, tie or the deed agreement, and apparently they were supposed to acquire the dam with the property, but the guy who sold it to him didn't include it in the deed or something. It was like a whole mix em up. Okay. So this whole event oh. was basically a whole mix em up where they were supposed to own the dam, but technically on the deed he didn't include it when they purchased it so it's just the whole and the logging company is going to stick to that 100 percent, saying well it's nobody's now it's just nobody's i i don't know it's a public feature now (laughs) but the property owner still has to pay all the upkeep and maintenance i wonder if like i i don't know if logging companies still really do this but like do they have to pay people's property they go through i wonder yeah you have to buy like the logging rights for the land really yeah Absolutely. It's the same with uh, cattle rights and everything. Cattle rights? Like, if you herd your cattle. Ah, okay. Well, this is. And you cross over someone's land, like, you you can't just do that. You have to get permission or pay them to do it. uh, 
have you ever went down 52 yes. and you see those humongous power lines? Oh, yeah. Yep. I wonder how much the government had to pay people to put those on their property. I always wondered that. A lot. Because there's always people like, they like the thing's been up for like five years and they still have signs saying stop the speed rails or something. Right. Whatever they go. It's like, the battle's been lost, dude. Just yeah, you're Take your sign up. down. Yeah. Just you... take your $100,000 and fucking live with a power line in your front yard. Where is that place that has defenses up from World War II? In Minnesota? Yeah. There's like a oh. place along the highway that has like concrete walls that are meant for blast proof. Really? Yes. Uh, down 52. It is. It is. Oh, are you talking about DCTC, the U-Lands? Maybe I am. I'm not there's uh, like, there's no, like... that was supposed to be a munitions plant for World War II down there. And the protection... That's what that's for. Yeah, they have like the weird Jagged. looking towers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's the U-Lands. I've probably I have seen it a million times because they always have to. I have to drive that way to go to Iowa, but huh. there's so many like derelict buildings. I don't even pay attention Definitely. anymore. Definitely. The uh, there's like two strip clubs that have closed down <laughs> on the way home. So well, there's the shit. one right outside Cannon Falls. That I think that one's closed down. Shit. No, it is. Yeah, like, it's gross. All I know is it's just like. A pink building. Yeah, it's that was uh, my friend and I. That was our first strip club we ever went to. Nice. What? Yeah, we went on like a random weekday in the middle of the afternoon. Not great. Not fantastic. No. Wait. So you're telling me you don't take thirty five to Iowa to get home? No. 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 no, no, no. no, no. That's not where he. That's he Be- lives. Because we're. I'm in like the northeast corner. Mm-hmm. Like thirty five cuts through the center. Oh, okay. So you have to take 52. So you're not by way. Diamond Joe Casino. No. I think it's oh. a bit of a drive from their house, actually. It would probably be like, what, 45 minutes from their house? 50? <sighs> I don't know. I, I I always feel like my dad always made it sound like it's a few hours. To, nah. I don't believe like, that. From where they live, just to get on 35, it's a pain in the ass. Is like, it? There's a lot of backwards you have to go just to get on 35. Sure. So. so you you probably drive through Strawberry Point. Uh, where's that? I know. All I know is anytime I've gone to visit my family at Strawberry Point, Iowa, we take either 52 or Wisconsin 35. See, we, we, I have to take 52 and then in Rochester, you get on 63. So. All right. I don't, I don't know that much. I've took 52 to Rochester, or uh, to La Crosse. Mm. 52 to 90. No, that, no. Yeah, that, that's a very boring looking drive. Yeah. I take the extra. But you extra... can go like 80. Yeah, but I take the extra, like, 40 minutes to go down the river and get the scenic view. Mm, 62. Wait, you can get, like, is it posted 80? Uh, it's 70 or 75 posted. Right. All so, right, well, no, anytime I go to lacrosse, it might take that way just because of that. I don't know it's how faster. much of this you're going to have to cut, but that was a fantastic episode. <laughs> Thank it, you, It Adam. really was. Thank you. You killed it. I don't, like I said... You leave in as much of that local driving as you'd like, but... Uh, we'll see what I'm feeling like. That's right. Uh, if you want to know anything else about Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa highways, you can ask us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. We have a Patreon. Hell yeah. Patreon.com oh. slash bumblebuttpodcast. There, there's some cool perks coming out on that. Yes, there is. Um, actually, I got the notification that our first wave of shirts are ready. So, Ooh. so I've got uh, I got to pick them up Monday. I got all the shipping stuff ordered. I'm gonna get all that ready. So they should be sent out this week to our patrons. Fantastic. First. Our patrons, and then 
obviously we get a couple and then uh then we're gonna list what we have left to sell off so fuck yes Yes, our patreon boys are getting taken care of first hell yes Yes, absolutely every level not just bowling for everybody everybody's getting a sweet shirt beginner bumbles yeah not just the five dollar one carpooling with kemper all of them every Mm. tier Mm -hmm. because that's what we want to do uh yeah and then like i told you the uh the second print that we got planned will be uh, i'm supposed to get a quote tomorrow or monday when you pick up the shirts they'll give you a quote well they'll probably email me before that but yeah we're supposed to get a quote then so maybe those will get in production too amazing yeah, so we're gonna amazing. Have, we're gonna have some bumble butt swag, I guess. And I assume the March print is almost ready too, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. Gotcha. Perfect. I, I might. We might. I, I haven't decided yet. I might take a month break because we're giving away free shirts. That's Come probably back in yeah. April. So we'll that see. That might be a better idea. We'll see how spicy I'm feeling. We, you know, we got uh, what uh, the countdown to Kemper's like four a month away. So. Yep. We're about four podcasts away. Yeah, yep. Close. I see. I've been reading it. I've, Wonderful. Uh, I got you. You forget a lot about Mr. Kemper when you start reading the book. Deeply about him. He's a very sick fuck. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. We're going to need some J Fox threats here. Uh Oh, Oh, fuck. They've been letting us down again. Five seconds. Threaten them, Jordan. All right. Listen, (laughs) if you sons of bitches like what you hear and want us to keep doing it, you've fucking leave us itunes reviews <laughs> and that's it if you care about his baby you will leave us exactly a cody said it better than yeah. i could i'm just angry it needs to come out healthy mm, head it first does, it does Ask and it, it it's weights based on reviews so yes. we gotta keep them coming more reviews if equals you, better weight i was gonna say you want me to have a healthy baby you leave itunes reviews it's there's the, the new threat it's the only way <laughs> this is one i'll remember because i don't remember the old threat <laughs> you don't want that baby to claw out of amy's belly and killer no, do you no, want no. do you want my child to die do you want amy to die no i've watched leprechaun too anything coming out of you unintentionally sounds is very painful it's no good <laughs> leave some itunes reviews save the baby save amy save jordan's heart <laughs> hashtag exactly. save the baby <laughs> hashtag save the baby put it hashtag save the baby <laughs> put it everywhere review save don't, the baby. don't do that because then i have to explain hashtag save the baby <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for all of us here. I have been Adam. That has been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. As always, have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Just leave some goddamn reviews. (laughs) Please.